saints, I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we heard, who died for us. He broke his body for us. And shed his blood for our sake. I greet you all. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I'd like to appreciate the leadership for asking me to, to be standing here with you today. To continue on the subject of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. presence of the Lord is in this place. going to talk about like I said we continue on the subject of the fellowship with the Holy Spirit I have titled today's teaching your role in fellowship with the Holy Spirit your role so the goal is for us to understand what is our role in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. To understand the importance of our role, we'll start by covering very briefly just to establish an understanding of who is the Holy Spirit and why was the Holy Spirit given to us then we'll establish what is the role of the Holy Spirit in the fellowship and hopefully that way we will understand what is our role in the fellowship Hallelujah. Amen. I think the time is looking very favorable. <laughs> Which is good. Alrighty. So we're going to start. Who is the Holy Spirit? I think something changed with my mic. Who is the Holy Spirit? We will cover this very briefly so that we can spend more time on the other 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 parts. So what we understand from scripture is that the Holy Spirit is God. And that he has a personality. He is as much God as God is God. We believe in God who is three in one. He is also just as much God. We understand just as much as he is God, he was also from the beginning. We see him from the very beginning. 
and we understand that he's the spirit of life. We see his work in the formation of the world. The Bible says he was hovering upon the face of the deep. And because as God spoke, he formed the world, he shaped the world. So we understand that the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning, in the formation of the world. After the world was formed, we see the Holy Spirit breathed into man. And the Bible says that man became a living soul. So we see the Holy Spirit also in the formation of man. That man was Adam. So I'm guessing there was a very great intent for the Holy Spirit to be part of man. The same thing continues in the life of Jesus. We see that for Jesus to be incarnate, for Jesus to be in a body and come to earth, we also see the Holy Spirit. He was there for the embodiment of Christ in the body. To make sure that we have this God but in the flesh. The angel says that to Mary that the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. And he says, That holy thing that shall be born of you shall be called the Son of Man. So we see the Holy Spirit in that in that incarnation of Jesus. Amen. We also see the Holy Spirit in empowering Jesus for ministry. Mm. We hear many times that as he came out of the water, <coughs> the Holy Spirit came upon him. We also hear that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We also hear that he was doing miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even when Jesus got to a point of death, which we covered just now, he was there for the resurrection of Christ. The Bible says that he's that spirit of resurrection. So what we see about the spirit of God in everything is life. He is the spirit of life. In all these things we see life. He's that spirit of life. Hallelujah. So if we can leave it there, we're moving on to, to the next part. Why was he given to the believer? I'll give you an answer. Just as we had established that he's the spirit of life, he was given to the believer for regeneration, redemption, and restoration of fellowship. So the spirit of God was given to men for regeneration, he was given for the redemption of as well as the restoration of fellowship. If you look carefully from Adam, God's intention was to have, him, to have intimate fellowship with men. From the very beginning. 
Man was formed in the image of God. The breath of God or the spirit of God was the one that gave man the life. And that's how God wanted it to be. But after Adam sinned and Eve, are you still hearing me? Is it so old? After Adam and Eve sinned, one day say we found ourselves naked. Two they say we were afraid. But that's not how God had intended it to be. They had to be free in the presence of God. They had to be intimate in fellowship with God. But suddenly they were afraid. Suddenly they were afraid. They found themselves naked. They found themselves not worthy. Of further, of further fellowship with, with God. We answered why was the Spirit given to a believer? And we're saying it's for the restoration of fellowship. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. For someone, let's just answer how the Holy Spirit was given to a believer. Because he was given to the believer. That you may have this assurance that you have the Holy Spirit. He is given to you as the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 The Bible says in whom you also trusted After that you heard the word of truth The gospel of your salvation And it says in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Until the redemption of the purchased possessions. Unto the praise of his glory. So what the Bible is saying is that when you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And that is the guarantee that you belong to God. You were given the Holy Spirit for the restoration of fellowship. We also said you were given the Holy Spirit for regeneration and redemption. Let us let, let us just go to Ezekiel chapter 36 to have a look at this. Ezekiel chapter 36. From verse 20. And when they entered into heaven, are we there? Ezekiel 36. From verse 20. And when they entered into the heaven, wherever they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of this land. But I had pity for 
my own name which the house of Israel has profaned among the heathen wherever they went therefore say unto the house of Israel thus says the Lord I do not do this for your sake O house of Israel but for my holy name's sake which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went and I will sanctify my great name which was profaned among the heathen which you have profaned in the midst of them and the nations shall know that I am the Lord thus says the Lord when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes so before I continue to, to 24 God said these people were said to be the people of God and people would say look they're the people of God in every nation where they went they said these are the people of God but now they profaned and this is what troubled God he said no you are called by my name but everywhere where you go you profane my name he says I will do this but it's not for your sake but it's for my name's sake and they will testify because they will see my glory in you. He says, I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. So we're seeing a picture where God says, No, I will sanctify you. Before you used to profane my name. But I will sanctify you. And your, my glory will be seen before their eyes. Verse 24. For I will take you from among the nation and gather you out of all countries and I will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean for all your filthiness from all your filthiness and from all your idols I will cleanse you then in verse 26 he says a new heart I will also give it to you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my commandments. And do them. For the restoration of fellowship what God is saying he's saying that I understand that out of your own selves all you can do is to profane my name you do not have the ability within you to just live a glorifying life I understand that but he says I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean and then he says I will a new heart also I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you and he says a stony heart I will take out and I will give you a heart of flesh in essence what he's saying he's saying that I will enable you through water I will cleanse you but through the spirit I will give you a new life that will enable you and that will empower you 
that you may be able to walk with me. That you may be able to walk according to my statutes. That you may be able, he says, that a heart of flesh shall give you. For the restoration of fellowship. This is why the Holy Spirit was given that he may enable us to walk with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus touches on this element of sprinkling of water to be clean. And that regeneration of the new life. Let us go to quickly. John chapter 3. I hope you are understanding the person of the Holy Spirit and the reason he was given to us because the goal is so that we can understand how to fellowship with him and understand our role in that fellowship. So before we go to his role, let us go to John chapter 3. From verse, from verse 5 to 8. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, says the wind blows where it wants and you just hear the sound but you cannot tell where it's going or where it comes from so is everyone that is born of the spirit Amen. so Jesus what he's telling us touching from what we read in Ezekiel 36 this water in the spirit Ezekiel says the water is for cleaning. I will sprinkle you with water and you shall be clean. And I will give you the spirit and you will walk with me. In fellowship. So Jesus emphasizes that this happens as you believe and you are born again. We preach baptism into water, baptism of water, right? Where you say, Yes, I died with Christ and I was buried with Him. And I was raised to life with Him. And now He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And I'm raised to a new life. My sin. Dead. I am dead to my sin. I am now alive unto God. With water I will sprinkle you and you shall be clean. With the spirit I will give in your heart and you shall live. And you will walk with me. And you will keep my commands. Hallelujah. Amen. that we receive that Holy Spirit as we are sealed with Him. And that is for regeneration. He gives us that new life. Jesus says that he who is born of the Spirit is Spirit. We heard earlier that those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. 
So now we actually have a situation where God is spirit. And we are no longer flesh. But we are spirit. And he's seeking such to worship him. So through the spirit we are actually enabled to worship him. Says that we have seen it with that spirit. Amen. So that is why the spirit was given to a believer. We want to go into the role of the spirit in the fellowship. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to the book of John chapter 14. Book of John chapter 14. We will read from verse 16. To 17. So we understand he was given and why he was given to us. Now we want to touch on his role in the fellowship. The first thing is he is to be your companion forever. In John chapter 14 verse 16 we read as follows. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Hallelujah. Amen. When we look into this word, comforter, it's a very loaded, very loaded word. It speaks about counselor. One who counsels you. Not the one who asks you, how does that make you feel? No. But real counsel. It speaks about how he's a helper. It speaks about how he's the intercessor. He intercedes for you. Already I'm thinking God has already done so much to restore the fellowship. But on top of that, he gives you another helper who will walk with you, who will be present with you forever. And this another helper, he's going to counsel you. He's going to help you. He's going to intercede for you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to be your advocate. He's going to be your standby. Those are some of the, the words we get from that word comforter. Hallelujah. Amen. We also understand that he will teach us. So as far as the understanding of the word of God, we have no excuse. You know, in the olden days, they had the law of God written on stone. On stone tablets out there. And that signified that men can't keep this in them. Because of their stony hearts. In fact, they even broke those stones. But in this day and age, 
he is writing those laws in our hearts through the spirit we are able to keep those words hallelujah amen says that he will teach you we understand that he will testify of Jesus. Everything that Jesus said about us to us, he testifies about us. The Bible says also that he will guide us into all truth. That is so much that the Lord has done. The Bible says that he will convict the world of sin. And of righteousness. And of judgment. You know as a believer. Through the Holy Spirit we have it all. We really have it all to fellowship with God. Nothing is standing in our way of fellowship with God. I remember one time, let me just tell you one, one small story. There was a time where. I've probably told you this before. But there was a brother who I let me say grew some sort of bitterness towards. Or let me say I just he just kept doing something that was offending me. Every time we met, he had something to do that would just offend me. Up until to a point where I didn't like the brother anymore. But because of the Holy Spirit in our lives, one day I knelt down and I was praying. And when I said, Jesus, I love you, I saw the face of the brother in a vision. And because of what had developed in my heart, there was a, an immediate repel to say, no, 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 I don't love you. And as I said that, I saw the face of Jesus. And then I turned, I'm like, yeah, 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 I love you. And then it was that brother again. Then I was shook. I was shaken. I stood on my, I stood up and I sat down and I was thinking about this. Then I realized that as we are sealed with the spirit we are all made to be one body we are all the body of Christ we all belong to Christ when I love Christ I love you when I love you, I love Christ. If I don't love you, I don't love Jesus. Because we are one. The Bible says that we are baptized into one spirit. But now these are the things that the Spirit of God does. He reminds you of all what you have. He reminds you of the word that you may walk in fellowship in unity with God. I'm reminded of a scripture that says that for we are not given the spirit of fear. So Adam and Eve, they were afraid. But we are given the spirit of a sound mind. 
So the spirit of God in us convicts us of righteousness. So we need to be careful of what we do when we are convicted of the spirit. This is potentially overlapping to the next part. There was a brother. A couple many, many months ago. I was standing here and I was speaking what God has impressed in my heart. And after church, he came to me. What I was talking about there was was forgiveness. It was understanding that we are one. And we ought to forgive one another. So he happened to have had a brother who did something wrong to him. So as I was speaking, the Holy Spirit touched him. Then he realized, I need to forgive this brother. I am told to forgive this brother. But then he came to me after church. He said, My brother, the reason why I can't forgive that brother is XYZ. I want nothing to do with him. So these are the things that we need to be careful of. When the Spirit of God touches our hearts, helping us turn towards the Word of God, walk according to the Word, keeping us in step with the commands of the Lord, we need not to harden our hearts. That is a way of fellowship. Not, not long ago, I, I happened to be angry with my wife. And I went into my work area. As I was about to start working, I played worship music. By that time, I had concluded in my heart that no, 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 she did me wrong and I'm angry. But as the music started playing, light was shown on everything. And I realized it doesn't make sense. Everything that I held so strong didn't make sense anymore. I was convicted. Right then there I went to her. And I said, I'm sorry. And after that, the peace that settled upon me was exceeding. Before that, I was angry. I didn't have peace because of what had happened. But just with that fellowship with the Spirit of God, immediately he convicted me. And then peace was restored. Hallelujah. Amen. So there are these things that the Holy Spirit is doing with us. He is helping us to walk according to the word of God. That is his role. His role is to remind us to stay in the word of God. To testify. To teach us. To convict us and to intercede for us. 
Let's read in the book of Romans chapter 8. Now I don't know where time went. <laughs> I don't know. Um. The Bible says in from verse 26 and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. This translation says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So think about it, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And at the same time, He is aware of everything. He's aware of your family. He's aware of what's coming for your tomorrow. He's aware of what is going to happen with you until the very end. And the Bible here says, we don't always know what we ought to pray for. But he helps us. We may not even know what he's praying for us for because he prays with groanings that cannot be uttered. They cannot be expressed into words. Hallelujah. Amen. So I hope there's a clear picture of who the Holy Spirit is. Why he was given to us. And what is his role. We're going to go into our role. What is our role? We've already touched a bit on that. The first thing in Ephesians 4, the Bible instructs us, he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Secondly, it says, do not resist the Holy Spirit. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. So the grieving happens because of the things that we, we do that upset him. This is sin, this is unforgiveness, this is bitterness, this is all those things. Those grieve the Holy Spirit. And then there's do not resist him. This speak to exactly forbidding the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do through you. The Bible says we should not do these things. This is our role in fellowship. Before we were sealed, we were chained to the law of sin and death. We couldn't escape. We were unempowered to escape from sin death. But through the life of the Spirit, the Bible in Romans chapter 8, it says that for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set us free from that law of sin and death. So legally we are free. Now in, in, in Romans chapter 8, 13, the Bible says that we need to therefore put to death the works of the flesh. We need to put to death the works of the flesh. This is obviously so that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit. This is obviously so that we can walk in union and fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Because unlike before, where there was no power to enable 
Where the only thing that could come out was to profane the name of God. Now we have been given the spirit of life. That will cause us to be able. So therefore let us put to death. The works of the flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. So when I was still a new believer, you would have also heard of this. They tell you, do not do this, do not do that, do not do this, do not do that, do not do this, do not do that. So many things. But now how do you do all the things that you have to do? And how do you not do all the things that you should not do? The answer to that is the Holy Spirit. We are commanded and instructed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can we open quickly to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18? It says, don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. And making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ quickly in 1 Corinthians 14 the Bible says that he that speaketh in in an unknown tongue edifies himself that's another way of edifying yourself and being filled with the Spirit. In Jude chapter 1 verse 20 it says build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So this is all we need to do that we may be filled with the Holy Spirit. So maybe let me quick explain the difference between, between being sealed and being filled. You were sealed when you believed. You were given that life in your heart. And that is forever. But in this case, you are instructed to be filled and you are told how to be filled. This is a continual process. The contrast with alcohol even makes the picture even clear. You may see somebody who is drunken under the control of alcohol today. But unless they drink tomorrow, they are not going to be under that control. So in the same manner, you should be filled today that you may be under the control of the Holy Spirit today. But come tomorrow, you need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit that you may be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Basically trying to see what I can skip looking at the time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul speaks about how. Maybe let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 1. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when, 
When I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Remember, he's speaking to believers. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I couldn't speak to you as though I speak to the mature. I had to talk to you as if you belonged to this world. Or as though you were still infants. Babes in Christ. I had to feed you with milk. Not with solid food. Because you weren't ready for anything stronger. But in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. The writer here says, let's start from 13. He says, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and and doesn't know how, how to do what is right. But solid food is for those who are mature. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So we have the Holy Spirit. And our role is to put to death the works of the flesh through the Holy Spirit. One that we may mature. One that we may train ourselves to distinguish between what is right and wrong. Because now we are empowered to be able to do what is right. Hallelujah. Amen. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31. Now we're talking about our role in the fellowship. We are to take advantage of the fact that we have the spirit of power that can help us to put to death the works of the flesh. That can help us to work with him to mature. Where we are able to distinguish between what is right and wrong. Then we can have solid food. Which belongs to the mature. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting... After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. what was the outcome then they preached the word of God with boldness so as we are filled with the Holy Spirit we are able to release the spirit to be able to do what he wants to do the disciples here were able to preach the word of God with boldness these are some of the things that as we are filled with the spirit we are able to do haven't you been in a place where you feel like I need to tell this person ABC about God and your head says this is the right thing to do but now the flesh says what are people going to say that happens when you are not filled with the Holy Spirit that boldness is lacking and then you are quenching the Holy Spirit because we are made partakers with him to bring those that are lost into his kingdom so when he wants to reach out to somebody sometimes you feel like I need to pray for this person for X, Y, Z 
then your reason would say what if they do not get healed that is you quenching the Holy Spirit but if we are filled with the Holy Spirit on a continuous basis we will release the Spirit instead of extinguishing what he wants to do we will enable him to do what he wants to do through us as we conclude another thing that will happen is we will manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no law against these things so as you walk from this morning these are the things that the spirit of God wants to I just saw a message for me these are the things that the spirit of God wants to live out through you hallelujah Amen. so you need to be away what the spirit of God wants to do through you when you feel like you don't love somebody so well be convicted of the fact that he says this is, these are the fruits of the spirit you need to love one another there's love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness hallelujah Can I read just one more scripture? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. From verse 9. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Amen. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know what God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Amen. And we have received God's Spirit. Hallelujah so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that came from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Amen. Those who are spiritual can elevate all things, can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things, Amen. for we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In very short, what this verse is saying is that through the Holy Spirit, we are receptive to the teachings of the Holy Spirit. So as we conclude, God has redeemed you through His Son. He regenerated you through His Spirit and restored you to fellowship 
He wants you to hear him for yourself. He is your ever present help. So I'd like us to stand as we close. And if you're saying, I'm keen, Lord. I understand my role in fellowship. And I want you to fill me afresh. Let me fellowship with you like never before. Hallelujah. Amen. I would like us to we read there to build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So I would like us to pray in the Holy Ghost and say with our understanding, Spirit of God, we want a fellowship with you anew. We want to understand and comprehend what you had imagined when you restored us in fellowship. Hallelujah, let us pray.